Please be seated. Good morning. When I, when I agreed to do this, I didn't realize it was the church's birthday. No pressure or anything. I mean, it's only like 2,000 years after the most famous sermon ever done was, where 2,000 people were baptized. So if you haven't been baptized, if you want to make my numbers a little bit better, no, I'm just, uh, I'm just, just totally kidding. But no, no pressure, right? So, well, I come to you today because I think this is some sort of elder hazing. They're like, hey, let's make the new guy give a congregational update. Uh, on Pentecost. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, we just want to give you an idea of where we are so far this year and kind of where we're, we're heading. Uh, we'd like to do this, uh, you know, a couple times a year just to, uh, just to kind of let you all know where we're at. Um, the first thing we got to talk about is when we talk about congregational update, we don't really often talk about our past too often, but I, w- I want to hit just a really quick on our past. If you know anything about our church history here at Mount Pulaski. And by the way, I, I want to make a disclaimer here. Anytime that I'm talking about the church or our church here in, in Mount Pulaski, I'm not talking about the buildings, okay? I'm talking about us. We're the church. These buildings are just walls, paint, plywood, right? Carpet. We are the church, the hands and feet of, of Christ. So when I talk about the church, I'm talking about us, not the buildings. I'll talk about the building in a minute, but uh, I just want to make that disclaimer. But looking at the history of our congregation here in Mount Pulaski, we're old. I mean, we're like Abraham Lincoln old. This church, this congregation was established in 1868. That's three years after Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. Um, and it was founded on the, on the principles that were laid out by what we call the, the Restoration Movement. If you're familiar with that, some, some pioneers, some um, uh, people that came from uh, Ireland mainly, and Scotland and, and England came over to the U.S., and they want, their goal was to restore the church, not to reform it like Martin Luther's goal was, but they wanted to restore the church back to biblical values. They wanted to get back to Scripture. They wanted to do away with the synods and the denominations, and they wanted to just get back to Scripture. So that's our congregation here in Mount Pulaski was founded on that principle, getting back to Scripture. So as we do that, the challenges and the the positives that we have through that uh, go back to that very foundation. So we're an old congregation, and, and we have had issues. I don't know if you're familiar with some of them, but in the, in the 50s, there were some, uh, some issues with decisions on how buildings were going to be done, and, and um, certain things happened. If you, if you want to take some time sometime, it's an interesting read if you wanted to hear uh, read about all the, the differences um, and the challenges that have happened over the, over the years. Um, but most of the time, most of the morning we're going to talk about the present or, or what's happening now um, in the church. And first off, I want to talk about the staff. Uh, and if I were to sum up the staff as of right now, it would be overworked and underpaid. Did I not get a cheer from you guys? I mean, I'm pulling for you. Thank you. Thank you. No, I, I think it's it's a myth, I think, a lot of times when we come to church, we think about the ministers as getting, you know, the joke's always been they get paid for one day a week, right? But listen, listen, the truth is, and I can say this because I'm not a paid staff member of uh, church, you're on call 
no matter how much you get paid or how many hours you get paid for, no matter if you're part-time or full-time, you're on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When you're on vacation and that phone rings and somebody died, you need to get back to, to it. It's just the way it is. And if you think that they don't work enough, I challenge you to take a week of your vacation and spend a week with them, and you'll see. They work hard. And we are blessed with a fantastic staff led by Mark and Ellen. You know, been here for a while, and one of the things you'll see here pretty soon is we, we took a core values audit, and one of the things that all of the responses had in common was one of the top two or three things that we do well as a church is biblical-based preaching and teaching. And that is our core value. That is what we are going to continue to do. And thank Mark for his uh, messages every week that go back to the Bible. They share biblical truth even when it's hard. But preaching is not his only job. He's responsible for a lot more managing the staff um, in their staff meetings and just making sure all is in order there. Obviously, the, the house calls, the hospital visits. It's a stressful job. And we thank Ellen for uh, being there and for having the patience to put up with him and his complaining when he gets home at night. But it's a tough job. Um, and then you move on to, to Garrett and Emily. have been with us for a few years, and they're still mad at me for me saying not to be their friend a few years ago, and I didn't mean it that way. So be their friend because they're really cool people. At least Emily's a really cool person. No, I, I'm just kidding. Uh, they have planted themselves here um, in Mount Pulaski, and uh, I know I speak as a parent and as a friend, uh, I know Amy would, uh, would probably share the same sentiment. We are extremely thankful uh, and grateful to have them both here. Um, they are relational people. There's not a time that you wouldn't see that they'll be calling over. I mean, one night they just call over, hey, we're having spaghetti. Everybody come over. Kids. I, like, I like spaghetti, but I wasn't invited. It was just the youth. But Garrett will be taking them out for dinner, for lunch, and they're always doing something, having sleepovers, um, whatever, and I really appreciate with that. And not only just the actual youth ministry, but just their vision of where they want to be here in Mount Pulaski and as a part of our church. As a matter of fact, a lot of the things we're going to share here uh, in, the, in the future here uh, in just a few minutes actually came from some of their ideas and some of their desires. So um, we have a fantastic staff, full-time staff. You can clap for them, but you should clap for the part-time staff here when I'm talking to them. But yes, they're great. Uh, we also have a, a great, you know, part-time staff, put in quotes, because they're not part-time. Uh, we have Robin Jill doing a fantastic job, obviously getting ready for VBS. But we have the opportunity, a unique opportunity, on Wednesday nights during school and on one week of the year where we have kids that come into this building that have never heard the gospel message. And not only the kids, but these kids go home singing these songs and telling about these stories of Jesus. Guess who hears that? Mom and dad, brothers and sisters. And so through the children's ministry, we have a unique opportunity to teach the gospel to people that may never come in these buildings. Um, and, and so we're extremely thankful for them and their hard work. And, and so you have Parker doing a fantastic job. We've been blessed over the years to have very talented uh, worship leaders, and he is no exception. He does a fantastic job leading the group of the band and, and the, uh, selecting the music, and it, it's a great worship team, and we're thankful to have him as well. And then you have Laura and Micah who are here countless hours cleaning and, and doing extra things, and 
Uh, then you have the secretary. Yeah. 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 As you know, Teresa is here for a very long time and did a fantastic job, and we were sad to see her go, but, you know, in my opinion, this new secretary, <laughs> she's purdy. Uh, I mean, Teresa was too, but, you know, in a different way. Uh, now, if you're, if you're new, she's my wife. If you didn't already, it's not some weird thing going on in the church, I, I, I assure you. But uh, she's been doing a fantastic job. And as I talked about Ellen, like some of the things that she hears when Mark comes home, I'm getting now to hear that too when Amy gets, comes home to complain about the staff and people that call her. Anyway, so pray for me. But anyway, we have a fantastic staff, and we are extremely extremely blessed for that, and they do not get enough appreciation. One month out of the year, we do, we have Minister Appreciation Month, and then in Christmas, we take up a collection and give them a gift. It's not nearly enough. I show them how much you appreciate them. Uh, tell them, you know, little gifts. Just let them know that, hey, we're, we're pulling for you. We're behind you, and if you need anything, we're here to help. So, um, great staff. The leadership, uh, we've got a, a good core group of, of ministry team leaders and, and deacons that serve in different areas. They're doing a fantastic job. Um, our, our, our trustees, our financial team, I'm going to talk about them just briefly in a second, but they're doing a, a great job managing the stressful uh, financial situations that we, uh, that we have, you know, from time to time, but they do a great job. And then the elders, they're all right. No. You know, I've only been around for six. The newest, no, anyway. They're a great group of guys. I've known them for years just because I've been on the elder committee, or whatever you call it, the elder for six months. You know, these guys are friends that have been uh, friends for a long time, and uh, they're a great group of men. Um, I know that there are times that, uh, that w- the elders and the leadership have been forced to make some difficult decisions, and that's going to continue. But know this. Every decision is bathed in prayer, and it is judged against Scripture so that we, are, we know that we're going in the right direction. Are we going to make mistakes? Absolutely. Are we human beings just like everybody else? Absolutely. Um, and I want to mention something real quick. I want to try to be as brief as possible on this, but I want to give you this story that I just found, I just realized the, the, a couple weeks ago. Uh, been a Amy and I were put in a very unique situation, a family situation, okay? Uh, some wonderful young lady invited one of our, our sons to prom, right? So we wanted to go to prom, right? And I'm a dad. I'm like, hey, proud of my son. I want to teach him how to do those cufflinky things and those little studs you just put in the thing, make sure his tie straight, make sure he smells okay for a teenage boy. <laughs> so... I wanted to be there. Well, at the same time, it just so happens that Amy's parents, my, my in-laws, are going through a, a bit of a transition time in their life where they're downsizing, they're dealing with retirement, and, you know, they turned into snowbirds, but now they're bu- selling their big four- or five-bedroom house and moving into this little condo uh, townhouse thing, and so they, were f- they had to move. It just so happens, and they live in Indiana three hours away, two and a half hours away, uh, it just so happens that the day that they had to move in was the exact same day as prom. Now, we had a decision to make. What decision were we going to do? Are we going to stay here with, for our son, who is going to prom, be proud, watch him take pictures and you know, go through the, uh, the thing in the courthouse and do all that stuff? 
Or are we going to help our parents move who need, really need the help? They can't move things on their own. They need strong people like us to, to help. So what are we going to do? Well, in the end, we went to Indiana to, to help move um, the parents. And it was, it was good. They needed our help, and it, they were glad that we came. But I started thinking about that a little bit more. And you know, there was no right decision in that, in that, in that time. Had we have chose to stay here, we would have hurt them. Had we have gone there, which we ended up doing, we would have hurt our son, or he would have missed out on the opportunity for us to be there. There was no right answer. Some of you have been faced with those same things, whether it be a husband, a parent, a wife, a, just a, a worker. Just You've been faced with these decisions throughout your life. You're like, there is no right answer. We, would, we had two results of that. One, we're either going to regret every day of our life not being there for our son on, on that prom day, or we're going to regret not going to help our family move when they really needed it. In the end, I think we made the right decision, and I think Drew's okay with that, our, our, our son. But there's still going to be regret in the back of my mind every day. My point is the same thing happens in a church with leadership. Man, some of these decisions are black and white. They're easy. Man, there's a lot of them that are just not. And they don't always have a right answer. Somebody's going to get hurt sometimes. But I just want you to know that this group of men know that, and they struggle with it every day. They think, do we make the right decision? They love you. Um, we all love you uh, as a congregation. You drive us nuts as much as we drive you nuts at times, right? Because that's the way the church works. But we love you, and we don't want to hurt anybody. Um, I just want you to know that through the bottom of my heart, that as we make decisions um, as the leadership, as the staff, we do so with heavy hearts. We do so with prayer, and we do so with Scripture. And sometimes we don't always make the right decision, and sometimes there is no right decision. So I just wanted to, to bring that up real, real quick. I'm sorry to little mini-sermon inside of the presentation, but uh, other than that, I just want to talk about a few things going on that's uh, in, in the present here. Uh, we've had a pretty good year so far. You know, there's a good first half of the year. Sunday school attendance is, is doing good, is up, and I encourage you, if you're not in Sunday school, try to find one. I mean, I'm a Sunday school teacher, but if you come to my Sunday school and you're like, ah, this is not really for me, go try someplace else. Um, I encourage you to, to hop Sunday school classes. Find one that you're comfortable in. Uh, but it's so important. You know, 20 minutes out of the week is not enough to be in the Word and to study the Word. So I encourage you to continue to try to do that. As a matter of fact, for the younger kids, we need some teachers. So if you're up for teaching Sunday school, uh, see Tracy Pulliam. I'm sure she would love to talk to you uh, about that. Uh, also, the connecting spot has been, was a hit that went on a few times. Uh, this, this past few months. It's been a, been a great thing. And uh, new people or new visitors are coming in. If you're here today, welcome. Glad you're here. Um, and there are challenges, just like every church faces. You know, we go through the same thing. There are some challenges that we are working on and that we see the need for, two of which that come to my mind. One is, uh, is I'm concerned as a parent, you know, as a father of two, three teenage boys, um, I'm concerned when I, when I see a, a lack of men my age uh, sometimes here. that We have a lot of godly men that I'm extremely thankful for, but a lot of times we see 
of families that are not together. And I really have a heart for those men because I want my boys to grow up knowing how important church is and how important being a part of this is. So that's one thing that we're trying to think about. The other one is there's sort of a generational gap. You know, we have what we call the millennials, and unfortunately I'm two generations past <laughs> now. Man, but, uh, but you know, the 20s and 30s, they're our future. They're the future church, and it's our responsibility to learn how to minister to them. So we're going we're gonna to be looking at some ways to, to do that over the course of the the, the years to come. So there's some challenges, but all in all, we're, we're doing uh, really well, and we're glad that you are all a part of it. Now, we do want to talk about um, some... Nope. You see, I'm not a note person, so I don't ever follow notes. I'm like, if they get out of order... Sorry about that. Anyway. Anyway, if you'll see, we have a mission. Our logo has a little mission on it. It says, to love God love people, reach the world. Or we're loving God, loving people, reaching the world. That is our mission. But it's not some fancy thing we came up with. It's the church's mission. God set, apart, set us for that mission. Jesus summarized the Ten Commandments in those sentences. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. God wanted it in the Old Testament and wants us to continue it through the church. Um, and one of the things that Mark shared with us a, f- a few months ago is uh, some of the characteristics of a healthy church. It says a healthy church is a, is a church that has a community-focused ministry. It's a church that uses a percentage of their budget on things outside the church. It's a church with an evangelistic emphasis, a church that makes prayer central, a church that's generous, and a church that is focused on uh, discipleship. And now with that in mind, we shared with you over the past few weeks that we've had our ministry team leaders and our staff and our uh, leadership teams uh, complete this core values audit. We invited you guys to, uh, we encouraged you to submit one as well, just to kind of see where you thought our strengths were, where we thought our strengths were, and kind of where we think our strengths need to be in the future. So if you'll see, there's a list of things. If you can show that list, here were the main areas. Uh, I'm not going to read them all to you, but just to see godly leadership, uh, Bible-centered preaching, teaching, youth, children. The list goes on and on. A bunch of, uh, a list of things that are very important. None are really any more or less important than the other ones. And some of them are related, uh, obviously. But we ask uh, you and uh, all of those that completed the core values audit, okay, which one of these do we do really well right now? Or do we do well right now? And here is, uh, or was the answer. If you pull them up, says Bible-centered preaching and teaching was number one, godly leadership, uh, youth and children, praise and worship, fellowship community, families, financially responsible, seniors, elders, discipleships, Christian education, excellence, quality, and visitors. So as you can see, uh, I would probably agree with with the majority of those, that I think we are doing those um, pretty well right now. Are they areas that we should be complacent and, and stay stagnant? Absolutely not. We continue to work on each and every one of those. And now we ask, okay, where are the 10, as you see them, what are the 10 most important things that we should be doing? Um, and here are those. Um, and as you can see, the list is very similar. Bible-centered, preaching, teaching, godly leadership, prayer, discipleship, evangelism, youth, children, world's mission, uh, world missions, praise and worship, giving, tithing, 
and unity. So those are where uh, you thought that we should be going to. As you see, there's a very similarities to some of the things that we're doing well, and you can see that there are a few that are not on the list of things that we are doing well not, uh, currently. And those are the things, if you fill up the next slide, I think. Uh, one more, yeah. So these three, prayer, unity, and evangelism. I know in particular I put evangelism as very low because I know I'm very bad at it. I'm not very good at sharing my faith, and, and I know that is something that we need to work on. Um, I know I need to work on, and I think as a church, also we need to work on. So uh, prayer, uh, unity, and evangelism. Unity is that thing I think I shared at the beginning of the year. You see, you see Jesus' heart in his prayer in John 17 while he prays for the church today to be one. He prays for unity. He knows that's going to be an issue. Why is it an issue? Because we're a bunch of human beings put together in this building to try to do things together. That's bound for conflict, right? Um, and so God, uh, Jesus understood that in his heart, and he prayed for unity. So we continue to pray and to strive towards that. So as we look to those things, those are kind of our, where we were, um, where we are now. Our mission, our mandate is to, is loving God, loving people, and reaching the world. Again, that's not going to change because that's what we've all been called to do, not just as a church, but as individuals. Um, and our DNA is who we are right now, those core values that we think that we're doing pretty good on or, or doing good on right now. And then our vision, as we decide to cast, is where we, do we think we should be? And what are some of the things we need to work on? And so our strategy is over the course of the next uh, few months, uh, we're going to be meeting several times and just thinking about how this plays out, some strategies on how do we to implement that? How do we grow stronger in some of these areas without affecting the others? And we're going to be continuing with those. So if you have any ideas, please, uh, we're going to mention this again here in a second, the coffee with the elders, or just come up to us and say, hey, I got an idea. Um, just let us know. We'd love, to, we'd love to hear some ideas. Or if you're willing to help, you know, if you're, if you're good at casting visions and you're willing to help strategizing, you know, Nobody gets that joke anymore. Anyway, uh, if, if that's something that you're good at, come to us and say, hey, we'd love to help. We'd love to be a part of this. Um, but we, as a church, we want to continue this tradition of being hands and feet of Jesus. We want to love God. Love. We want to reach the millennials, the new generation. We want to bring up godly men and women through our youth ministry and through our children's ministry. We want to bring families in. We want to accomplish those things. Um, and we believe it is our calling to, to do so. So that's where we are, that's where we should be, and that's where we hope to be. And obviously, we can't be any financial or any, <laughs> any congregational updating meeting without finances, right? I'm not going to talk a whole lot about finances except to say, uh, in general, our uh, general offering, our tithes and offerings every week, has is, is been a bit down. Uh, so we'd like to see that uh, it up. But the good news is that the building fund has been doing well, and we've been able to make our payments. And, and as a matter of fact, I mentioned the finance team. I really appreciate them. We got a, a report a few months, or actually a couple weeks ago, about sort of the payment history uh, since the inception or since the loan has been taken out for this Family Life Center here today. And it's amazing to me the, the great job that they've done in making sure that we're paying more 
than, the, than what's due every month so that we can take that principal balance and just keep shrinking it. So they've done a fantastic job. We pray that, that continues. Um, but I want to say two things about specifically this building. Again, this is a building. This is not the church. We're the church. But you don't realize, maybe some of you don't realize, and some of you do realize, how many lives or how many people this facility has served. This community has been uh, blessed because of this. As a matter of fact, if you were at graduation a couple weeks ago, uh, Mr. Morgan, our high school principal, stood up, and in his closing remarks, he thanked Mount Pulaski Christian Church for their use of their Family Life Center for, they, we had a blood drive here, I believe. We had their uh, play, their spring play, and we had baccalaureate. We hosted that, and he recognized that um, in front of graduation, so that we are appreciative of. But we have, from funeral dinners to birthday parties to we had eight graduates that we celebrated a few weeks ago here where they all had tables and, and just got to enjoy a big old party. Uh, it's just a great facility to have to serve others. Um, now, there is a glooming mountain, I'm not going to lie, that's, a, that's ahead of us. As of right now, our current balance, uh, as of 526 actually, is $521,811. Now, obviously, throughout the payments for the rest of the year, that will go down a bit. But the mountain that we face is a specific date, and that date is February 28th, 2018. That date is significant because that is the date that our loan, that the original loan where this facility was purchased or built, is due. Um, it's the balloon payment. And so we have two options on that day. On February 28th, we have two options. The first one is to take out a loan for whatever is left. Uh, of the balance. So we're going to start uh, talking about this a little bit more in the fall. We're going to start pushing the, to have a campaign to, to, uh, to encourage and to ask that whether you come up with a one-time gift or whether you think about increasing your, your giving through the next few months to, to help with this balance and to help pay this uh, debt. We're going to talk about that. But the first option is to take out a loan to pay off the rest. Now, if you know anything, if you take out a loan, uh, whether it be on a car or a house, you know that there's more interest at the beginning of that. So we'll be taking on more interest so that balance would go from 500 something and it would obviously increase. Second option is this. Just pay the silly thing off. Think of that. Just pay it off. The awkward laugh I like. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Well, that's a lot of money. All right. I do it too. But here's the thing. You look throughout history, look, just look through your life, right? Uh, but look at the Israelites. When they were uh, brought out of slavery from Egypt, they were going to the, they had a very big hurdle. They had a Red Sea in their way. What did God do? Part of the Red Sea. David had a big giant in front of him. What did God do? Slayed the giant. Joshua had a big gigantic wall surrounding Jericho. What did he have to do? March around it, and God took care of the rest. The question that we have to ask ourselves, that we need to ask ourselves, is how big is our God? Is he that same God that part of the Red Sea? Is he that same God that set a mountain on fire? Read that in Exodus. It's pretty cool. He parted the Red Sea. Oh, yeah, he raised people from the dead. 
How big is your God? On February 28th, we have an opportunity to show this community how big our God really is. And that's my prayer. Would I like to just decrease the balance? Sure, we all say in our logical minds, yeah, let's just get the balance down to as far as we can. But that's not big enough for my God. So pray. Be in prayer these next few months. And just consider how you, how we as a body can help. Man, we eliminate this debt. We, it's just a cloud lifted off. Man, just think of the cool stuff we could do uh, without that burden. So be in prayer for that. Um, just a few th- couple things to talk about the future. Uh, Mark mentioned a couple of them that are just happening this week. Uh, to, uh, Tuesday night is Coffee with the Elders. Again, please take advantage of that time. We do have a sign-up sheet because we realized the other night last week when we were meeting, like, well, what if 50 people wanted to come? <laughs> like, I love coffee. That's a lot of coffee, and I'm fine with that, but we might not be able to really talk to everybody if there were that many. Uh, so if you're planning on attending, if you have something, please uh, do sign up and or let us know that uh, you'd be planning on coming. But we love to hear from you. We want to talk to you. If you have something, good or bad, you want to pray, whatever, just, just talk to us. That's the best way to, to break down the walls um, that we have. Also, I'm pretty excited about... Uh, refresh the new midweek service starting uh this wednesday actually it's going we're going to meet over there and like mark said it's kind of just a a low-key nice time where we can just come and just be refreshed and if you're not able to come on sunday mornings it's a perfect time for that opportunity we will have communion we will have um, child care for nursery age if you need it Um, but it's just going to be a great time uh, just to just to refresh just to breathe a little bit you know sometimes we get to wednesday like it's only wednesday (laughs) This is a chance to uh, kind of refocus uh, on that. One of the things that we haven't really mentioned a whole lot, if you notice on Easter, there's a, a slide coming up. I didn't mention this first service, forgot. But if you, you see where it says we're on the Bible app. Now, if you use the app, it's the actual brown one. It's the, it says, I think it's the Bible. I think the official name's version. But if you've seen that, it's kind of cool because you can go into it, and it's basically like a virtual bulletin. Uh, so if you download that on your phone, you go to... Uh, there's a little more, like uh, three dots in the very bottom right corner. You go to that, and then you go to events, and if you're here, it'll show you right there, like, hey, uh, Mount Pulaski Christian Church is live. You can follow along. You can take notes. Uh, you can see all the announcements. You can fill out your communication online, uh, your communication card online. It's kind of cool. Um, the best part about it is free. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, we like free stuff, uh, but the church that has done that has provided it free, and we're really excited about it. We've had, we have about nine or ten people that utilize that communication card each week, so try it out. It's kind of kind of fun. Um, and also, the IF gathering was a success yesterday from what I hear, and the women's ministry is looking to, to continue that. There's going to be a, fa- uh, a canoe trip coming up at the end of the month for, um, for the men's ministry. There's just a lot of things that are going on. Obviously, VBS is coming soon next week. Uh, another great opportunity, CIY for the high schoolers. Uh, we're looking to start a uh, college-age uh, summer Bible study uh, that'll meet on Wednesday nights after Refresh so that we can kind of take the summer and, and talk about uh, kind of plans for 
college or whether it be not college, whatever it is, um, just that age group. So we're looking forward to that. And there's lots of things on the horizon that they're coming that we're excited for. Um, but one thing I want to, two things I want to mention real quick is that if you're interested in, in helping in any of those areas, in any area that you have, if you have a specific talent or skill or just an interest in helping, please say something to somebody, okay? Uh, I, I know that there are times when you, when you go through, like, well, I can do this, and, but nobody's asked me, right? The ministry team leaders have a hard time knowing your talents and skills, right, or anything that you're interested in. They just do. We, as elders and the staff, have the same thing. So if you're interested in doing something, you got to be like, hey, pick me, pick me, right? I'd love to do this. I'd love to help in this area. And they'll be like, yeah, okay. Um, and secondly, we've been a part of this uh, town for a little over 15 years, 14, 15 years, I think. I don't know. It's been a long time. Uh, but one of the things, if, if you're if you're new to this town or have uh, you know moved recently, it's kind of a tough little town to get plugged into, right? Um, but one of the things that we appreciate so much is, is for a long time, actually, for a good two or three months, we actually drove back to Springfield every Sunday for our uh, kind of what we considered our home church. And we would go there, and it would take, you know, there was no good way to get there. It would take about 45 minutes, and we'd go there, and uh, eventually we ran into to, uh, somebody that's like, hey, well, why don't we just try this church? I mean, we're three blocks away from the church. Let's try this Mount Pulaski Christian Church. And uh, when we got here, we were immediately greeted. We talked to somebody, because again, we, we knew that if we wanted to uh, be plugged in, we needed to say something. So we talked about it, and we said, hey, We'll serve somewhere, and, and we have not looked back since. We love this congregation. We love you guys, um, and we are very thankful that we had this church because it makes it so much better to find community among believers um, when you move into a new town. Just to be able to meet people and to be able to get plugged into our small group, it's just been amazing. So this congregation serves a lot of good. We do a lot of good things. We serve this community. Is there things we can do more? Sure. Are there things we can do better? Absolutely. But make no mistake that you are part of this congregation that is here for a reason. We're here for the people out there. And man, we're, our job is to love God and to love others. And I pray that you as a part of this church, can think about how do I fit into that mission? What am I doing? How can I be better at that? Or can I be better at that? And each and every one of us do that, then we can be the church that God wants us to be. Let's pray. God, you have brought us so far. You use us as individuals and as a church in light of our failures, in light of our mistakes, you make beautiful things. For that, we are thankful. We pray that as we, as a community of believers, as your body, as your hands and feet, as the bride of Christ, that we can continue on our mission of serving you and serving each other. God, we want to be that church that you're proud of. God, thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us?